Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. So this morning, we have been going through a series uh, covering the topic of what is true fellowship. Yeah, so we went through, this is, this is the third week, and I believe we're going to conclude today, unless God gives me something else. Next, next Sunday will be Family Sunday. If Family Sunday is not fun for you, please give us some grace. We are taking leaps and bounds to make it a blessing for parents and a blessing for children. I know some of you kind of cringe. You're like, you mean I have to be in here for a long time with my child and try to keep my sanity? So as a church, we're going to try to help, help you with that, and, and we really want Family Sunday to be one of the best Sundays of the month, where we see our kids being involved, being a part of what we're doing, but also a blessing for you, and a, and because I think there's something to it about getting our children involved in the big picture of what ministry looks like within the church. So just give us some grace. We'll have that next Sunday. But uh, today, we're looking at the, at the focus of what is true fellowship. So for the last two weeks, we've covered... Two separate topics. How many of you remember what week one covered? The one word we used. Devotion, or to be devoted, right? What was week two last week? United. Okay, so we have to be devoted. When we're devoted, we'll see devotion through our actions. Everything that we do will show our level of devotion. You should see my devotion to my wife as I care for her, as I nurture her, you know, not the lack thereof, right? You should see devotion practically modeled and and practically uh, uh, done. It shouldn't be something that's like, I see no devotion. If you see that, please come talk to me, right? Because I strive to be 100% devoted to my wife. It should be something that we see. It's something that, uh, that it should be evident in everything we do. And then week two, we looked at the importance of being united. So unity is something that we have to fight for and strive to keep. Unity is not always easy, but in unity, God does what? He commands or bestows what? Blessing. So that is super important because when we are united and we stay connected, and there's one thing that allows us to be united with one, with one another. What is that? The Spirit of God inside of us. Because if it was just, if, if I have just a, it's not always just on personality basis, right? You know, we tend to have a good relationship with those that kind of have the same personality as us or kind of laugh at our jokes or, you know, that we have something consistent with, right? And then sometimes the ones that we kind of butt heads with they don't laugh at my jokes. They don't like, you know, they, it just, they rub you all kinds of the wrong way, right? So what we have to our advantage is the spirit of God inside of me and inside of you, and that gives us the opportunity to truly be united. It gives us the potential. It doesn't mean we're united, okay? I told a joke last week about two cats. If you want to know what that joke is, listen to the podcast. Throw that out there for you. You can listen to all of the podcasts. So if you missed either week one or week two, you can follow up with that and see what it is. But being united, it takes work, it takes time. You know, but there's but Christ in us, in you, in me gives us the potential to be united. So today we're gonna look at the importance of of being connected. So so unit being united is one thing, being devoted is one thing, but being connected, it it kind of has it's a different variation of fellowship. Because remember, the whole focus of everything we're talking about is fellowship, fellowship. What is the importance of fellowship? What does true fellowship look like within the church? So when we look at 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, 
Now you, point right here, point to yourself. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Okay, so you are a part of the body of Christ. Each of us make up the body of Christ. Uh, the body of Christ is really spread abroad globally all over the face of the earth. Uh, I really want us to focus on what does the body of Christ look like within the four walls of our church? Because if we can't figure it out within the four walls of our church, we can never take it outside of the four walls of our church. If we cannot be united here, we cannot be united with other churches. I'm just gonna tell you that. There's, there's no way we can practice that principle somewhere else and not have it right here. So the importance of being connected, seeing ourselves as the body of Christ. You know, so I want you to repeat this after me. Point to the person to your left and point to the person of your right and say this. Say, you have a part to play and I can't do it without you. You have a part to play and I can't do it without you. So this was not when you point at yourself. Okay, this is when you point to the person to your left and the person to your right, that we have to understand that we cannot be connected by ourselves. That would make absolutely no sense if I talk about being connected, connected to self. No, what God was talking about is being connected to our brothers and sisters in the faith, one to another, connected together as the body of Christ. So we need each other. Everybody has a part to play. And truly, even me as a pastor of the church, I cannot do it without you. I really can't. You know, as far as the building and all of the things that go into the life of this church, I play a very, very small role. If I didn't have great leaders, elders, you know, uh, members, all of the people that contribute to the life of this church, it'd be a very sad party with just me, myself, and I. You guys are really what makes it great. And I love, Becky and I love being connected in the body of Christ. This is one of the, th the paramount things that really drew us to church ministry, to being involved in church life, was the connectedness that you can have in the body of Christ. That is just as close as, you know, maybe sometimes our, our you know, our, our biological family, you know, our blood relatives, right? You can walk in unity. You can be connected with one another. Okay? So one of the biggest struggles that people sometimes face in the church is a lack of connection and they feel like they're not really part of the family of God or the local church. Have you ever felt like that? I hope most of you don't now, but have you ever done that? Maybe you attend a church for the first time or you had a bad experience or you just never plugged in or you never connected. Everybody's always felt connected, always felt apart. Okay, let's make it more personal if nobody wants to raise their hands. The first day of school, you know, when you go from elementary to junior high. New classes, new friends, you know, the lack of connectedness, right? You're feeling like you don't want to go to school because all your friends are moving on or you don't have any friends or, but what, what changes everything? If on the first day of school, if you make a connection to one person, you know, I always get the, like the, the, the visual of, you know, the kid in the, in the cafeteria walking with his lunch tray, you know, it's just like, where can I go? And, you know, this is the greatest, you know, move of really connecting people is when somebody says, hey, 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 look, I got a seat right here for you. And, they cause a connect, and it causes a connection to happen. It causes a relationship to happen. And I think that's what we need within the church. That's what we need in our lives on a regular basis. We have to be connected with one another. Church life does not work lack of connection, lack of connecting with each other. 
Being a part of a, a fa- a fam- the family of God is important. We have to understand that when we received Christ, we were adopted into a new family. A great family. Because some of you, when I say the word family, you may be thinking of your home life and maybe you say, my home life wasn't really all that great. No, I don't want a family like my family. Holidays, think about it, right? You know, those ruffle my feathers or breaking all the rules, you know, that family breaks, right? Messing your house up on the holidays, right? You know, that, that God's family is the best family there is. It meets all of the needs that we have. It, 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 causes, it causes our weaknesses to, to, uh, to where others will have strengths within our weaknesses. Have you ever tried to borrow a tool and you didn't have one and somebody else did? That's kind of what it looks like in the body of Christ. I may not have everything that I need or I may get in a bind, but there's a brother or a sister that has exactly what I need to get me out of the bind that I'm in. Amen. Almost every single time. And you don't need to go to Walmart to get it. It's right here with us. Okay, because we think about that sometimes, you know, we need to, God works the body of Christ in a way where he does not give you everything that you need because he wants you drawing on the person to your left and the person to your right to meet certain needs within your life, within the church of Christ. Okay, this is something that God does. He doesn't give you everything that you have need of. He wants us to depend on each other. You know, so today, very few people are committed to anything, and I, and I, re, I really mean that. They're, they're, very, they're, they're not committed to anything. They, they're not committed in marriage. They're not committed to a church. They're not committed. They're just, it's a lack of commitment. You know, people are like, like to be free, but when you say, are you, can you commit to that? Can you be there? Can you just like, oh, well, I, a lot of people don't like to commit unless they have to, right? We commit to jobs. We commit to parenting. We commit to all these things. Why would we not commit to the local church if it's something we believe in? Now, if we don't believe in the institution of the local church that this is God's plan to radically impact the earth, then maybe I'll say, ah, it's not a big deal. I just come to get my 10% off discount at the restaurant after church by taking my bulletin. (laughs) Or I just check and say, did you go to church this week? Absolutely, pastor, check. And that's the extent of why we connect to a church. I'm talking about committed where we get up in the morning and we are excited about fellowship. We are excited about being a part of something bigger than ourselves. We are excited to corporately come together and see what God's going to do among us. Even this, thus far, even through worship, God is doing something great in this place this morning. I don't know if you realize it or not, but God is up to something great. And it's for us coming together and being able to be a part of that. Fellowship, it's about being around people. God desires you to connect to a local church and grow and thrive there, okay? You know, in order to uh, be connected, you have to be present. It's very difficult to be connected to other people when there is a lack of connectedness on an ongoing basis. You can't never connect with somebody and be like, oh yeah, we're best friends, I know all kinds of stuff about this guy. you're You're just acquaintances, I'm talking about getting beyond that superficial, just like, hey, how you doing? I'm doing great, and your, your life is falling apart, but hey, the right thing to say is, it's great, buddy. And then you're like, oh, me too. My life is falling apart too. Hey, high five. Let's go about our separate ways. And there is really no truth to how we're really doing. You know, every now and then, I will talk, I'll walk up to somebody, I'll say, hey, how are you doing? And I'm serious. Like, I'm not just being like, hey, oh, it's bad. I'm sorry. 
Good luck, buddy, and just send them on. But I'm really asking because I really care. And sometimes that is all it takes for somebody to either open up or break down or say, man, not so good, man. This is what's going on in my life. And, and then we, that's when we take those moments to, to strengthen fellowship amongst the believers. We can't be in such a hurry with life that we forget about the fellowship. Right? We're going we're gonna to test the commitment to fellowship as soon as football season gets full-fledged. And all the guys said, I went and bought a DVR just so I could look good, right? Look at the priorities, right? You know, how committed are we to fellowship? And if I strive to be there, I'm not saying if you're working, you get called in overtime or you go on vacation. What I'm talking about is if you don't have anything going on, do you choose to come to the house of the Lord? Do you choose to be a part of a fellowship and be connected to something bigger than yourself? Because being connected is what empowers us to be all that God has called us to be. You know, today, even in this place, we've had the opportunity to connect with one another through, cor through a corporate worship gathering, okay? Life is always better when we live it together. And, you know, I, mean, I know some of you, and I've heard people say, well, I'm just not really a people person. Man, I believe God can change that in you. Now, I'm not saying you like everybody, because that's a whole different level of like, I like it. You know, there's some people that I think God puts in your life to change you. It's not for your convenience or for your pleasure and be like, I love being around this person. It's so that God works on you and it causes your rough edges to kind of polish off. I don't know if you've ever been stuck in a workplace with somebody and you just shake your head and you're like, Lord, help me, I want to kill this guy. <laughs> but God is working on your heart. And what are you saying, Lord, I pray you change that person. I say, you say, man, get it, move them to another department, Lord. And God says, I'm not going to do it till you change. Because that's the catalyst that I use to change you, to cause you to be a, a great fellowship-geared person. Because in the, if we can at least get to the place of where we kind of get along, and not that we like it, but we can kind of get along, how much better can we get along in a church fellowship with people that have the same faith, that are really support the same thing we do, that are on the same trek of life? We do those things with joy. It's a pleasure. You know, I mean, I mean, I re like, looking, looking around here, man, there's nobody I'm like, dude, this guy I wouldn't want to spend lunch with. I, I, I love people, and God is knitting us together, and I believe that, you know, in you there's the Spirit of God, and me there's the Spirit of God, and we can just sit down and talk, and we can actually connect. Now, depending on how much time we have, it may not be as deep as God wants it, but I can connect with people. And I believe that that is the key that unlocks true fellowship connecting with people. You know, one of the best ways to get connected is to plug into the local church, right? The church helps you serve, <clears throat> helps you see your gifts and, and your purpose, and, and, and a lot of people will call that forth in you. I shared a statistic last week that this guy wrote in this book, he said nine out of 10 people have no clue what their purpose is or what in the world they're called to be. And my prayer is that we would reverse that, that one out of 10 wouldn't know what they're called to, but nine out of 10 would know what they're called to in this church. First, by maybe God showing you what you're called to do, but then secondly, by the fellowship of believers saying, hey, I think I see this gifting in you. You know, are you sure you're not called to preach? Well, man, I've never even thought about that, but I feel like I would do whatever God has for me to do. And, and we begin to see that gifting and that calling and we nurture it and we encourage you to go forward in all that God has called you to be. 
Becky and I are strategically looking at members within this church and saying, God, give me vision, give me insight for what the people in our church, the gifting and calling that you've put inside of them. And as God calls it forth within you, we encourage it out of you and we catapult you forward to be all that God has called you to be. That's our heart. And if God doesn't show it to me, I pray he shows it to somebody in leadership, an elder, a deacon, like anybody in the church, that, they, that the fellowship of believers would be the catalyst that caused you to be all that God has called you to be, to call forth purpose in your life. If I'm talking way too fast and I'm throwing way too much at you, listen to the podcast. Hearing myself, I'm like, man, I'm talking like my wife. I got to back it up. I love you, Becky, in case you listen to the podcast. So let's look at this lamp right here. I can sit here all day long and, and, you know, I can look at it and we know its intended purpose, right? But for in order for this to be all that it's called to be, there is something that has to happen first. I have to plug in, okay? Let's see what I got here. So it, it doesn't matter how hard it tries, it can try. So what happens when I take myself and I plug into the local church, all of a sudden it gives me the potential to be by design what I have been called to do and called to be, right? So when I plug it in, then all of a sudden I said, man, I don't know what's going on. I don't feel like I serve a purpose. I got this nice little lampshade for a reason. I got this bulb. I've never seen this thing turn on. I don't even know what it does. But when the catalyst changes and we plug into the family of God, we plug into our destiny, we plug into what God has called us to be, and it's like, you know what? Now that you're connected, hey, try that one more time. Well, I've turned this little black knob and it hadn't done anything forever, and now, wait a minute. All of a sudden, there's a purpose because something changed because I plugged in and I connected to a body of Christ that cultivated me seeing all that God has called me to be. Some of you today, God is going to enlighten you into what he has called you to be and called you to do. You're going to try the exact same thing, but this time the light bulb's going to turn on. And you're going to say, I understand my purpose now. And when we understand our purpose, it is very difficult for the enemy to stop us. But if he can prevent us from seeing all that God has called us to be, he can, he can sidetrack us, he can sideline us, where we will never become what God has called us to be because we don't know our purpose. That is one of the major things that I think God desires us to know is first how he sees us, and then secondly, what has he called you to do and what has he called you to be? But sometimes the only thing that you need in your life is connecting to the fellowship of believers and allowing people to encourage or people to see it, and then all of a sudden it'll turn on like it never has. Amen? We have to be connected. Plugging in causes us to function as designed. We can have all the, the potential to be someone great, you know, and committed to something great. But if we don't plug in, we will never accomplish our God-given purpose. You know, there's a lot of people that says, I don't need the church. I'm just here good with my, you know, Joel Olstein and my remote and my coffee right by myself. I told a joke. I said, I've never seen anybody come away watching one of those videos and saying, man, that was some awesome fellowship. Yeah, I mean, maybe you have, you know, you and your wife or whatever. I mean, you're thinking, but that is, that's limited. That, that's not real fellowship. You know, same thing, Facebook. How many friends y'all got? Who has over 600? Ooh, winner, winner. Most of y'all have over 600 of you really. You're like, I don't know. I just keep adding friends. 
I just keep adding them. I have a whole bunch of them. But that is artificial. That is not real. That is not what God wants for you. How many friends do you really have? If you were to take that list and you were to really say, hey, let me put some flesh on those friends instead of just clicking a button, that number would greatly dwindle in your life. Now, I pray to God you could find three or five. Two? <laughs> two, two friends. <laughs> Me, myself, and I. I got three, right? You know, so, so we, th- we think about that. You know, it's very, it's very artificial. It's not God's best. It's not what God wants. That is not true fellowship. Well, I, I put a comment on there and people replied, we're connecting, and it's still artificial. It's not connecting with people with flesh on. Go get a cup of coffee. Sit across from somebody. Be, really be connected. That's why social media is so popular because it is giving you an artificial fellowship that God by design has put inside each and every one of us. And if we would begin to meet with one another and we would fellowship with one another, we might even forget about Facebook and we wouldn't even need it. Some of us need it because of a lack of fellowship. Some of you are addicted to it because of a lack of fellowship. Fellowship will fix a lot of those issues. Man. I'm getting very few amens out of that. But I believe that that is a huge thing that, you know, the enemy said, oh, yeah, you're good. Look, you got a new friend request. Yes. 601. And ain't in that five, five circle friend, right? You know, so when someone discovers their gift to the body of Christ and begins to use it, you will notice when it's not present. So this is, so, so this, you know, uh, you know, so today, if I would have stayed home instead of coming to church, think anybody would have noticed? If I would have told the elders, if I would have called the worship team, I just didn't show up. I might get fired that day. But you guys would probably say, man, something's wrong. What is going on? Where the heck is Pastor Noe at? But because I'm functioning in my role, you, you, it's okay when I'm here. If I was just not here and I showed up on a Sunday morning, you would realize something drastically missing in the body this morning. Let's say the worship team didn't show up. Said, you know what? Let them guys sing. Go sit in here. We're going to drink coffee. Clap your hands and sing by yourself. (laughs) Because we don't want to function as the body today. Oh, you're going to notice that. You know, simple things that that we see sometimes as insignificant are very critical to the body of Christ. I don't know if you've ever realized it. I'm going to highlight Abel for a minute. If you remove the drum kit from worship and the bass player, those two things, you'll be like, man, what's going on, man? It's like you went 30 years the wrong direction and back to hymnals or something. It is going to change the momentum. It is going to change the drive. It is going to change the intensity. You're going to feel like you have to clap because Abel's not holding it down for us. You think about it, man. You know, these things that we take for granted as far as being a function of the body of Christ. But we take them for granted because they're always there. But if we realize those giftings and we realize those callings and everybody within the church begins to see their God-given potential, when you are not present, the church is lacking. Now, I'm using these big parts of the body because I guess you would see me, what, as the head. But if you cut off my feet, the head ain't getting to church this morning. My, you know, army low crawl. I mean, like, how, what are you going to do? You got you to connect with this, right? We need every single part of the body functioning together in perfect fellowship. I need you. You need me. 
The head can't turn if it doesn't have a neck. Think about it, man. Like all of these things, they all matter. But we have, we have categorized, well, a preacher rates up here, a worship leader rates up here. Well, what about the person that cleans the church? We could have left gum stuck on that pew and you could have sat in it this morning. But somebody decided to pick it up before you got there. Think about it. You don't think about it till it's not, till it's not there. Till you're like, well, well, how come somebody didn't clean that church? Because we wanted to teach you a lesson that every there, there's there's functions happening that you know nothing about, and there is no insignificant role. What if I would have forgot to turn off the AC this morning? I know I'm freezing a lot of y'all out this morning, but let's just say I didn't turn it off. Turn it on. Oh, y'all to notice? Y'all be like, Pastor, I gotta get out of here. You know, I was thinking about like T.D. Jakes. I always make the joke. I said, man, if I have it too much hotter, I'm going to have to get that sweat rag and start throwing the sweat off of me. And the front row might not like it. You know, so we just got to be aware of all of these functions, all of these parts that are so critical to the life of Christ, to the life and the fellowship of the church. You know, we we should, you know, just, you know, if you were to, if you woke up this morning and you walk up in the mirror and I don't know what y'all, I don't know what y'all do. You kind of check yourself out or you're like, man, I look like I got hit by a truck. I don't know what your process in the morning is. But let's say you walked up in the morning and you got to the mirror and you were looking and all of a sudden your right arm wasn't there. You think you'd notice? I would be freaking out. But they're so concerned, there's so much concern for self, but we're not that concerned about the body of Christ. I don't need the arm. <laughs> it ain't your arm. Right? If, I, if I'm having the no arm issue day, you're like, I'm sorry, Noe. Stinks to be you, buddy. But it becomes personal when we see we are all connected as the body of Christ. And if something is not there, it affects us all. We're all connected. And we should be concerned if we notice that somebody's not here. That's one of those things that, man, I'm super important about. I said, you know what? As the church grows, as we have new people, I cannot say, hey, well, Lonnie and Carrie were here today. You know, uh, you know, Bobby and Elizabeth were here today. And like, I can't, you know, I can't keep up with all of those. But I'll tell you what, in this church, most people sit where they sit. And you know who sits in front of you and you know who sits behind you. So I would encourage you to help me when you don't see them. And I'm not saying send them a text and be like, dude, you need to be at church. Why were you not at church? <laughs> but we say, hey, man, I missed you today. I noticed something was missing and I have need for you, and you have need for me, and I can't do this without you. You hear that? I can't do this without you, man. So if there's anything I can do, if, you're, if you need something, let me know. But we pay attention to those things. You know, we need to be just as concerned when we realize that someone's not here, just like we would if a body part was missing in the morning. You know, if you were to remove an organ from your body that is, des that is designed and supposed to be connected to the body, what would begin to happen as soon as that organ is removed? If you took the new membership class, you know the, the answer to that. What happens to it? All right, we're going to redo the new membership class. It immediately begins to shrivel up and die because it is separated from the body. It immediately begins to die because it is not connected to the life source, okay? When we disconnect from the body rather than staying connected, uh, it, it, we will begin to die because we were made for fellowship with one another by staying connected, staying connected to each other. 
We have to fight for that unity. We have to have devotion towards it. And we have to be connected to one another to thrive and to live. You can't separate it. It's impossible without something dying or something missing. When we're connected and we're plugged into the, ch to the church family, we function in unity and oneness that God so desires for us to. God has made the church to function as a body in this way, and he requires each person doing its part so that the church may be all that he has designed it to be. Let's look at Romans 12, three through eight, and then we're gonna jump to verse 15 also. Romans 12. Romans 12, three through eight, and then we'll jump down to that verse 15 also. Starting in, in verse three, Romans 12. It says, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Verse four. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. In verse 7, it says, and if it is serving, let him serve it. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage if it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If, if it is, is leadership, then let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. And then if we look, look at that verse 15, it says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That's a big one, right, guys? Sometimes if somebody's going through something hard, you know, the, 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 the right response would be to mourn with those who are mourning. Rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Sometimes what is our response? Well, I'm glad it's happened to him, not me. Glad it's not my problem. Now, you would never want those words to come out of your mouth. But out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if that is our motive, man, we have this way backwards. And I would encourage you to repent today because that is not God's heart in, regard, in regards to connectedness as the church. He says, if somebody's hurting, we hurt together. If somebody's rejoicing, we rejoice together. We're all in this together, okay? He talks about others belonging to others. You belong to me, I belong to you. You know, we all have different Greek gifts to contribute. You know, the functions that it talked about is prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, and even showing mercy. Let's do this one more time. Look to the person to your left. Look to the person to your right. Point at them and say, I can't do this without you. I need you. So each person has to do what they're built by design to do. Okay, each of us serve a specific purpose that blesses us all. We have to realize that it blesses us all. Okay, you know, but we often, you know, take these things for granted unless they're not there. I think I've already kind of hit on that. We don't realize what we have until what? It's gone. You know, sometimes we reminisce on the good old days. Well, I remember the good old days when, 
when I was young, buck 35, could run and never get tired. You know, you think of all these reminiscing moments, the coulda, shoulda, wouldas, and then time catches up with you. Gravity keeps doing its thing. You get a little bit older, the, boom, the bones and joints don't really function like they used to. Just the reality of it, right? But we, but we reflect and we focus on, you know, uh, the here and the now. We don't want to talk about how it used to be. We want to focus on how it is now, what God is calling us to at this moment in our life. So each of us serve a specific purpose that blesses each other when we do our part. We have, to, we have to shift our, our understanding. You know, we can't, we have to uh, become a, uh, we can't just be a consumer. We need to become a contributor. And most of our life, we are consumers of everything. Consumers of food, consumers of entertainment. It's all, it's all about me, right? We, we contribute to very little. We go, we pay tips. Why? Because it's all about me. What kind of service did I get? If I didn't get loved on enough in that restaurant or you didn't keep my water full, buddy, you just gonna, I'm not going to give you a tip like you really want. Guess we ain't going nowhere now it's raining. <laughs> so we have, to sh- we have to shift that because in so many areas of our life, we're, we're just consumers. We're not contributors. God is calling his church to be churches of, con- of con- contribution. He wants us serving. He wants us, he wants us giving. You know, contributors strive to be connected to the heartbeat of what the church is to be by representing the beautiful body of Christ as each one works together to do their part. And when this happens, it is beautiful. You say, man, you guys really like each other. You guys really love each other. You guys are really all in. Absolutely, because we're connected. I'm going to take care of myself if we're all connected. I'm going to take care of you because if I take care of you, I'm really taking care of myself. That's not the motive, but that's the principle. Okay? Ephesians 4, 16, it says, For from him, Jesus, this is talking about Jesus, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. It grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So being connected, it helps you to discover your purpose. We don't know why we exist sometimes, but, until, but when we begin to meet together, you know, we begin to meet the needs of somebody else, then all of a sudden, the reality of what our purpose is comes to light. So this morning, this, you know, some of y'all are probably like, why the heck did he put this here? Well, y'all are sitting. Why can't I? Okay? So I've been standing for a while. So you know how much I appreciate this chair? But until I sit in this chair, it serves no significant purpose. You want me to, I mean, I can prove it next Sunday and we can stand the whole time. Say, so, man, no, I really want this chair to serve its purpose. But if there is no one to sit in the chair, it sits idle. It doesn't do anything. It's insignificant, right? Like, you know, I mean, it would feel like, well, just here in, a, here in a room all by myself. This is great. What the heck is my life? What is my purpose? Well, somebody comes along who's maybe weary or tired. Look at that and say, man, this kind of looks like it would allow me to rest my feet, take pressure off of my back. Man, it looks comfortable. I could lean my arms on it. It serves a design purpose that we take for granted. If I were to remove all of these pews by next Sunday and let y'all sit on the floor, most, most of y'all wouldn't come back next Thursday. You're like, hey, 
I need them chairs. You, and we need people serving their purpose, their God-given purpose. It's that big of a deal. I was trying to keep this away from the kids. They were kept stealing it. This serves very little purpose unless there's somebody to play with it, right? Said all the Toy Story movies, right? What is their ultimate goal, you know, when they're just left? What, what, is, what do they continually say? Well, I'm just going to wait for Andy to come back. He just sits there, you know, and, they, and they, they, re, they resume their posture. You know, they're all animated and all that stuff. And then, oh, no, he's coming. <laughs> Play dead. It's, it's a really boring, you know, it's really boring until that moment that Andy comes in and he's so filled with joy because this right here serves some type of purpose. And for a lot of your life, maybe you felt insignificant. Like you didn't have a purpose, but God is going to begin to change that. He's going to give you purpose, and he's going to give you destiny, and he's going to show you in this fellowship where you serve and what he's called you to do. And do it to the best of your ability because I can't do it for you, and I probably am not called to do it. I will preach, and I will prepare, and I will cover the church, but that's my responsibility. Don't see what you do as insignificant. And you say, no, this is a radical way of thinking. I thought I was just to show up on Sunday mornings, receive a good message, be encouraged, and go out that door. God is building something within this church that's different. Where it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be more so that there's very few people not serving. Serving is the cool thing to do. You're like, you're trying to trick me a little bit. <laughs> but I know that that is what is required for you to come alive and be all that God has called you to be. Because this morning, somebody's gonna be brought to life just like this little Woody doll, okay? You serve a purpose. You might have been sitting in the bottom of that toy box for a while, but today, so I'm gonna sit there. Good luck, buddy. Leave it. Same thing, let's say, let's say I, want a cup of co I want to go get a cup of coffee. There is, there is a something that has been made for a specific purpose. What happened, is coffee hot? You ever had a cup, you know, that doesn't have a nice, awesome handle just like this? You grab that cup, it, it'll kind of burn your hand if the coffee pot's a good coffee pot and it makes nice, hot coffee, right? I'm not talking about chilled coffee. You know, we got all kinds of variations nowadays. But this cup serves a specific purpose. But some of us would say, oh, that's insignificant. Good luck drinking that coffee with your bare hands. Because God has built somebody with a specific purpose to meet a specific need. And when we need it, we'll know it. And when we don't have it, we'll realize it. How'd you burn your hands? Well, I didn't want to use the cup that God gave us within the church, right? All of a sudden, it becomes very, very significant. All these little things, man, these coasters, like, I mean, all, all these things we take for granted, we don't realize it. So I'm not just, I don't want to talk about just service stuff because I feel like that's hard for people to connect to, but you got to see yourself in the light of all of these things that the world calls insignificant as being very significant when you realize your purpose. Now, it might not, you might not get used all the time, and you might, you might not, you feel like, well, I've been sitting on that shelf forever. Hey, but today's your day. We need you today. And then you willingly hold that coffee with the best of your God-given ability and you, you hold it better than I ever could. Why? You were built for it. You're built for it. One more thing to just really 
And then I think you guys get the point, man. I've given you a million and a half illustrations. So in serving your purpose, you don't realize what it does until you have it. So, you know, we don't realize, you know, what light, the importance that light plays until it's too dark to see, right? You just, you just don't realize it. Like right now you're like, well, this is very, very insignificant light. So let's say I'm sitting here, sun's going down, it's getting darker, and I'm like, man, you guys can kill the lights. I'm waiting on you. I'm giving you some time, okay? So you're like, man, I wanted to read my favorite book. Man, I wish somebody, you know, I wish there was a light available. We do that, right? When, you know, but what do we do? Rather than somebody stepping up saying, oh, I got a light. This is what God has called me to do. We sit in darkness and we squint and our eyes get all messed up and we need glasses and we're squinting, reading in the dark. But you don't realize what a light does until it's dark. But you also notice when it's dark how light can illuminate things. You don't realize it until you don't have it. Super important. Whatever God has called you to be this morning, Whatever God has called you to do this morning, be connected. Be all that he's called you to be. The gift that God has placed in you is to benefit and bless the body of the church of Christ. When we're truly connected to each other, we can, you know, we can be affected by other people, the other parts of the body of Christ fun- functioning as, design, as designed, right? Right? Let's look at this one passage in closing. It's, it's a little lengthy, but I think it's super important to read all. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to look at verses 12 through 27. First Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. I'm going to start reading because it's a little bit of... Uh, reading. It says, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Verse 14, now the body is made up of, not of many, but one part, sorry, uh, now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if, if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. So what is that saying? Just because you say, that's not what I am, doesn't void the reality that that really is who you are. You can't say I'm not an eye if you're an eye. Can't say you're not a foot if you are a foot doesn't matter if you realize it or not. What God has called you to be is specifically what he has called you to be. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Or if the whole body was an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, listen to this, it is God who has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as who? Just as he wanted them to be. Verse 19, and if we were all one part, where would the, the body be? And it is, there are many parts but one body. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. 
Well, other um, presentable parts need, need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it. Verse 25, so that there should be no division in the body. Let me read that one more time. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, then every part rejoices with it. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. It's not up to you to determine how God has, has built you or what God has made you. God is the, is the master potter and we are the clay. However he fabrics us, however he molds us together, whatever purpose he asks me to be, I do it. I've had guys tell me, man, I'll help, I'll build, I'm a, I'm a builder, don't ask me to preach. I gotta be okay with that because God hasn't made me a master carpenter either. So I better preach. Just be like, no, that new stage looks pretty crooked. <laughs> it's working outside of what God has given me in my design ability. But I got guys that know how to run a level, that know how to build, that know how to build stuff well by God's specific design that are functioning in those areas. It's super important. Have any of you guys ever been walking and you caught your pinky toe on something? Every word you didn't know was in there comes out. <laughs> oh, yeah. that is, I get so mad when I hurt myself. If somebody else hurt me, I can get mad at them, but I have nobody else to blame. It's not like the wall jumped out. It's not like the chair jumped out. You just decided to kick it with your pinky toe. So when you hit that pinky toe, does the whole body realize that you just wrapped it around whatever you wrapped it around? If you've never done that, I pray to God it never happens. But if it does, you're going to remember the story and be like, it's as bad as he said. Absolutely, right? The whole body is connected to each other. So if one part's hurt, we all should hurt, okay? You can't say to certain parts, I don't need you. As the church, we need every single part. It says, God has arranged the parts in the body as he wanted them to be. So here's a big one maybe for some of you this morning. Don't try to be something that you weren't created to be. Do you hear that? Don't try to be something that God, that, that God did not create you to be. But it does God a dishonor when he has created us with a specific purpose and we do not tap into that. He said, I created you with all this potential for a specific plan. And you didn't want to do it. You know? I think it's funny, man, because like, I think, you know, if these dolls could come, you know, come to life, we need to be proactive in the whole, hey, pick me, pick me, pick me. If they could come to life and, you know, when it's your chance to serve, when it's your chance to be a part, that we are ready and we're waiting. That we just don't disqualify ourselves and try to be, stay on the back row and out of humility, right? Oh, well, you know, I just want to let others serve. I served for so long. I'm just going to let somebody else take it now. I hear that. But maybe you were doing something you weren't designed to do and you got tired of doing it. I'll tell you what, that coffee cup's never going to get tired of holding coffee. Now, if I take that coffee cup and try to get it to cut the yard, 
You're like, that's ignorant. That's what I'm telling you. It wasn't designed to do that. If, it's, if you're doing the wrong thing, you will be wore out. But he's going to say, oh, coffee? I got that. Ooh, and they added a coaster under me. So comfy, right? Serving your exact specific purpose. We have to realize that he is the potter, we are the clay. He determines what he's called us to do. And then it brings God glory and honor when we do it and we connect with one another. You only reap the benefits of fellowship when you stay connected. There's no such thing as independent fellowship. I can have fellowship by yourself. Doesn't even make sense. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.